If you want a sign that humanity's still got it going on. The people are revolting. Welcome to People Are Revolting, a daily dose of disobedience. First up is a piece written by Alejandra Goulart and published at Vulture.com. More than 400 women, transgender and non-binary TV writers, creators and showrunners signed an open letter last week to demand abortion protections and safety protocols for pregnant employees from studios filming in anti-abortion states. And it looks like more of their peers are following suit. 594 male showrunners, including J.J. Abrams, Jordan Peele, Donald Glover, Aaron Sorkin, Taika Waititi, and Ryan Murphy, have signed on as allies for abortion rights following the overturning of Roe v. Wade per Variety on August 1. The text of the letter is short, standing in solidarity with the previous letter. Quote, abortion access doesn't only affect people who can become pregnant, it concludes. It affects us all. Both letters demand safe, funded, and private travel for employees who are seeking an abortion in states where it is outlawed. It was sent quote, replying all to the same executives as a first at companies like Disney, Netflix, Warner Brothers, Discovery, Paramount, Apple, NBC Universal, Amazon, Lionsgate, and AMC. The original letter signed by women, trans people, and non-binary individuals, including Shonda Rhimes, Issa Rae, and Lily Wachowski, demanded a response from the executives within 10 days of receiving the letter on July 28, 2022. Companies like Warner Brothers, Discovery, Paramount, Disney, Netflix, Comcast, NBC Universal, and Sony have policies where travel would be reimbursed for full-time staff for medical services and procedures, including abortions. However, as of August 1, none of the companies listed have responded publicly to the letter. Next up is a piece written by Christopher Davies. This is published at dailypost.co. UK. Thousands of workers from BT and OpenReach have walked out on strike following a pay dispute. The Communication Workers Union, CWU, have led members on two days of strikes on Friday, July 29 and Monday, August 1. The action includes all call center workers and engineers from the companies who held a 24-hour picket line outside key business locations across the North Wales coast including call centers and warehouses. Many of these members were considered key workers during lockdown, as BT handled emergency response lines and were responsible for keeping many people online during the time of COVID. The strike is against a £1,500 pay increase for all employees, which the union sees as a living wage cut on account of the high rate of inflation. Union members are hoping BT will discuss terms, with many citing the £3.5 million pay packet paid to CEO Philip Jansen. Will Lacrosse Union Safety Representative for the Chester and North Wales branch of the CWU led strikers outside the Openreach building in Londigai in Gwynedd. He said, quote, We're here today following the action voted in by the CWU against the proposed £1,500 pay rise that had been offered to all employees. 
After Philip Jansen took home 3.5 million pounds this year, a 32% pay rise on top of 1.2 billion pounds profit last year and quarter year profits of 400 million pounds. He stated in the Financial Times that he cannot and will not talk to the CWU to try and resolve this. None of us want to be on strike, but we have to. Unless we stand up and demand further pay rise now, then things are just going to get worse for our members. Some of our members are the first point of contact on 999 calls, so you can imagine how distressing that is. We were clapped as key workers during the pandemic, and yet year after year, we get below inflation pay rises. Strikers were outside the BT building in Bangor on Monday, where union representative Allie Jackson was serving as picket supervisor. She said, quote, so far the strike has gone really positively. We've had a lot of colleagues turn out and morale has been really good as we've all come together to support one another. BT have yet to agree to a sit down with the CWU for talks, unfortunately, so we'll continue to take action in the hope that it will draw enough attention to the importance of what we're doing and our jobs. Fellow union member Stephen Davies added, quote, it's fantastic that we are coming together and we're all in it together and we're stronger in that way. But on the other hand, it is sad that we can't go in and do our work and that we have to come and do this in order to get BT to pay attention and give us the fair pay rise, which is what we deserve. And next we have a piece published at WIVB.com written by Sarah Minkowitz. The cattle battle in Niagara County continues as around 100 people protest outside Ashes Farm Sanctuary, demanding the owner release two cows. In a story News 4 told viewers first, two cows somehow found their way from McKee Farms to an animal sanctuary in the town, and owner Tracy Murphy does not want to give them back to the original owner. It's creating an uproar throughout Niagara County. People on both sides of this issue held dueling protests today. Quote, this is just taken off in Newfane. We got our neighbors back, said local farmer Ed Pettit, who wants the sanctuary to release the cows back to McGee Farms. Just return the cows because it's going to affect your animals. This drama in this community will affect the animals. It's taking away from her cause and I don't want that to happen, said Jeanette Miller, who's the president of the Niagara County Farm Bureau. During a protest Sunday, there were people against the sanctuary's actions and people in support of them. Quote, we're here to speak for Tracy, to stand for her. We're here to stand for the sanctuary, and we're here to stand for the animals, said Christine Collins, a volunteer at Ashes Farm Sanctuary. We're here with the message of compassion and kindness towards all living beings. We don't need to kill animals to survive. I just couldn't sit by and let that happen to one of my neighbors, Pettit said, because fundamentally, if she got away with it, that would mean none of us would have rights to our own livestock anymore. I don't think it's right, whether you're a vegan, not a vegan, I just don't think it's right that she stole cows that don't belong to her, said Kathy Maynard, who was out protesting. Those wanting Murphy to return the cattle are calling her a beef thief. However, Murphy tells News 4 that she believes she's in the legal right to hold on to the animals. Quote, I'm happy she cares, but theft is wrong. She's mixing the message of what she's doing with theft, Miller said. The two cows are beef cows and they are being raised to eventually be turned into food, something the sanctuary is against. Quote, 
there's a lot of hypocrisy in what they're saying. They're talking about morals and ethics. They're talking about stealing. They steal the lives of innocent animals every day, Colin said. And finally, for this episode, a piece written by Johnny Lavanier, published at intomore.com. A federal judge in Indiana has dealt a blow to the state's anti-trans sports ban, ordering that a 10-year-old transgender girl be allowed back onto her softball team. While the case signals a victory for trans rights, the sports ban currently remains in place. The plaintiff is AM, a girl who has been openly transgender since she was four years old, according to Pink News. She joined the softball team in 2021, shortly after a court changed her gender marker. Her mother commented on how her transition and inclusion in the softball team has improved AM's mental health, saying that she has come out of her shell and has felt more at ease in her skin. Earlier this month, Indiana became the 17th state in the U.S. to enact an anti-trans sports ban. The bill was originally vetoed by the state's governor in March, but this was subsequently overruled by the legislature. The ACLU of Indiana promptly filed a lawsuit on behalf of AM. This new ruling provides a temporary injunction for AM to rejoin her sports team. However, it does not apply to other trans minors in the state, a fact which Republicans, like State Attorney General Todd Rokita, have gleefully pointed out. Quote, The law remains in effect across the state, and we will continue our work to defend this law and protect Indiana's K-12 students, he tweeted. At the same time, the ruling creates a promising precedent as the legislation is being challenged in court. In her decision, U.S. District Court Judge Jane Magnus Stinson wrote, quote, The court finds that AM has established a strong likelihood that she will succeed on the merits of her Title IX claim. Title IX of the Education Amendments of 1972 prohibits discrimination on the basis of sex. Judge Magnus Stinson also wrote, The singling out of transgender females is unequivocally discrimination on the basis of sex, regardless of the policy argument as to why that choice was made. Ken Falk, who is representing AM through the ACLU, commented, When misinformation about biology and gender is used to bar transgender girls from school sports, it amounts to the same form of sex discrimination that has long been prohibited under Title IX, a law that protects all students including trans people, on the basis of sex. Falk went on to celebrate the court victory. We are pleased that Judge Magnus Stinson has recognized this and required that AM be allowed to play on her school's softball team. If you want to check out back episodes of People Are Revolting, just go to peoplearerevolting.com. You can also follow on Twitter at People Revolting. Keep revolting. And thanks for listening. If you want a sign that humanity's still got it going on, the people are revolting. I think you just nailed it.